This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Thinking sideways. I don't understand. Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Toynbee idea in movie 2001, Resurrect Dead on planet Jupiter. Um, and then, but it's a gas planet and uh, it's like... Dennis, pro- you okay? What? what? What's going on here? No, You're acting okay. like Sherlock Holmes on a cocaine bender. No. You've it's got okay. post-it notes and hastily written notes. Every what is? Yeah. Okay. Okay, you're a little too into this. What's we need to back up on your forehead I, for. I, I just the thing is, is that this is one of those mysteries that so many people have delved into, and I feel like there's like a curse attached to it. Like you, you just fall into it. It's like a never. It's like Alice in the Looking Glass. It's just how many more metaphors can I come up with here? Mm. I really don't know. Down the rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And you just fall in and there's no, you know, I I was I know I was expressing to Steve earlier that I don't know if I'm really ready for this just because there's so much information out there. It's been going on for so long. You were a little and I manic. Just can't do anything about it, but I really want to talk about this one cuz it's like one of my favorite mysteries. Cool. And I feel like it's time. But I'm so sorry. Deep okay. breaths. I can't. We'll make it through. Let's we, talk about you're it. You're gonna help me with this. Yeah, because this. I admit this is this we're, one's off. We'll we're gonna solve it though. Okay. Don't you worry. I don't. This one's a little off. But... I don't want to solve it. I really want to solve it. Yeah. It's the thing. Okay, the thing about this mystery is that it seems like there's just an obvious answer, right? It's one of those ones where you like you read through it and you're like, well, I'm just I'm too, I'm like an idiot. Like, I'm clearly, I'm just not making the right connections. Like, there should be a really simple answer to this, but there's just not. Okay. Hmm? No? No, I, I can see, I can see, see that going? perspective. Well, there is a simple answer. Somebody's making these things and putting them out there. You're right. Yeah. But who? And why? Who? And what? I know. That's, uh, that's, that's, let's start at the beginning yeah. for, our, for our dear yeah. friends okay. who are listening today. All right. And don't know what's going on. All right, that's I right. Guess. Okay. So. And this what's is, your name, by the way? This is, well, this is Thinking Sideways, the podcast. I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> My name is Devin, and I'm joined, as always, by... I'm Steve. And Joe. And we're going to go at a mystery. Uh, by now, you probably know we're going to do the Toynbee tiles. Mm. So these tiles, um, they're sometimes called plaques, started showing up maybe in the early 1980s. Definitely people can pretty solidly recall in, like, 83 these things cropping up, but for sure there were recorded sightings in the early 90s. Okay. So they've been around a while. They've been around a while. They're happening a while, I should say. Happening. I think been around, because often a lot of times they have been around for a while, but sometimes they haven't, and that's kind of... Well, you know, one of them could be around for a long time before you even notice it. You know, the the one that's over near my house at 7th and Hawthorne, Yeah. which I went and looked at today, it actually is there. It's still there. Yeah, it's there. But but I've been been driving over that thing and past that thing for Mm -hmm. for years now, never even noticed it. Never noticed it. (laughs) Yeah. Because they, you know, that's kind of part of it. They crop up in the middle of asphalt streets or sidewalks, but, but more they crop up 
in in the street kind of places mm-hmm. where you don't necessarily see them mm-hmm. um and right away yeah and as it's because you know as it's gotten more recent it's kind of we we see them more in visible pedestrian spaces this is, we'll talk about this in a little bit it's a big there's a distinction okay so, all right all right most of them are are just this phrase Tony B idea in movie 2001 resurrect dead on planet jupiter the most common variations you'll see are instead of in movie it'll say in Kubrick's 2001 because he directed it mm-hmm. the movie 2001 space yeah. Odyssey. and i think he wrote it too or he co-wrote, co-wrote it with it. yeah, yeah okay. Arthur yeah Clark. i was gonna say i didn't yeah. think he wrote it on his own okay yeah Things a little mysterious to me is this uh, 2001 resurrect dead on Jupiter. I mean, in the movie, they they go to Jupiter, but they're not going there to resurrect the dead. Well, we'll talk about this. Oh, really? There's okay. so much to talk about with this okay. thing. So, officially, we kind of consider uh, anything that cropped up, not anything, but most of them that cropped up until about 2002 to be old style or original tiles. Mm-hmm. And then since 2002, a lot of... Um, Copycats have kind of cropped up. You know, the ones here are considered to be copycats. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I think, is due in part to the fact that forums got a hold of for some somehow realized how these were being done. And they posted on the internet. So people who were Toynbee tile enthusiasts now knew how they were made, how to make them themselves. And we're kind of going out and copying and propagating the... Well, it's a, it becomes a movement. Yeah. It makes, it makes sense. Yeah. Street art, for I mean, a I, better term. Absolutely. I'm actually thinking about creating one myself. I, <laughs> I did in college. Did you really? Yeah, I did. Where at? Um, in Illinois. Is it still there? I have no idea. <laughs> Get on Google Street View. No, it's not. <laughs> it was never on Google Street View. I guess we'll start by talking about how they're made, because that's the simplest thing mm. to attack. Probably. In this whole situation, it's the simplest thing to attack. And I understand that this is, you know, again, propagating the, the mystery I, a little bit. You know, we're, we're about to say to all of our millions of viewers or mm. listeners. At least 1% of whom are going to want to run right out totally. and do this. Totally. So now you'll yeah. know how to do it. Not because that it's you so couldn't, easy to do. Yeah, and it's not that you couldn't just Google it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Before. So they're, um, they're actually made of linoleum. Mm-hmm. Linoleum tiles, just like you can buy at Home Depot. Mm-hmm. Um, the theory is, and again, since you know they're, it's pretty easy to tell, you just carve out your message in the linoleum. And the older style ones were really colorful and kind of like looked like mosaics. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were. And we'll we'll post pictures of these so you can kind of see. But they're really beautiful. Yeah, they're kind of. But so the older ones, I mean, they, like they had like colored the letters in. Mm-hmm. Now, did they just lay um, lay the cutout linoleum on top of another piece of material to get the color, or did they actually cut out different colored pieces yeah, of linoleum so and stick them in there? Essentially, what you do is you put down a piece of tar paper, mm-hmm. which is uh, what they use when you're re-roofing, when mm-hmm. you put shingles on. And you can, again, you can just get it at Home Depot or whatever. So you get a layer of tar paper, which they also use to patch cement and asphalt cracks. True. Yeah. Um, you lay that down. And then you would cut out your basic outline, so your big, your like main color of the tile, and then you cut out the little bits. Carve out the letters. Carve out the little letters and stick them in the holes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you put a bunch of Elmer's glue on there, and top also or bottom or, or both. All over it, you just yeah. like it's like making a sandwich. Yeah, with lots of mayonnaise. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. yeah. And yeah. you just like smother your mayonnaise or jam or whatever it is in there. And Mm. then you use asphalt crack filler as well a little bit. And then you stick another 
uh, layer of tar paper on there, and you've got yourself a little like sandwich packet. Uh-huh. Well, and I think I think to answer Joe's question is, in it took me a while to figure this out. You're talking about the original ones were much more colorful. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. what somebody was doing was carving the letters out and making mm-hmm. a negative space in the linoleum, and then adding a positive, and then space. cutting out another piece of linoleum that was the letter and laying that in, in there, there to yeah. make the positive. Yeah, it wouldn't be that yeah. hard actually. You could use it as a stencil and just but basically outline the pieces. It's extremely time consuming. If you sure. think about that. Uh, I carved the letter R, mm-hmm. and then I've got to carve the letter R smaller and in relatively the same shape mm-hmm. proportionally to fit in there. So if the leg or the curve is too big, i got to go back and shave it down well, to get them all in there. And, you know, the really interesting thing, the other thing that you kind of notice is as you start to look at the pictures of these tiles, you can kind of instinctively know if it's an original or a copycat because there's really distinct handwriting yes. that goes with the original. Very obvious style. It's really, really obvious, and it's really consistent. It's not like an amateur carver. Mm-hmm. And even, and we'll get into this, there are these like original like trial runs that were found, and you look at them and you're like, oh, that's the guy. Like it's, that was made by the same person. Well, and there's there's the screeds, which are just tons and tons of little writing mm-hmm. that it's just so much and it's a very consistent style yeah. so the style is the key yeah yeah it absolutely is um it's it's like a fingerprint yeah i, I think, think i think that's true yeah and the guy the guy who does the screen sounds like a little bit unbalanced so, well you know. so yeah we call those the manif we the manifesto <laughs> i'm in it you guys i'm in it yeah. those are called they're referred to most often as the manifesto tiles and mm. we'll talk about that yeah. but a little bit later uh, but so they've floated this theory that the person, the Tyler, will refer to this person as the Tyler. Mm-hmm. You often see that kind of in the net sphere, the info sphere. If well, you no, there's we don't act, we don't have a verified name. Yeah, so there's it's not... an easy way to refer to the right. person, and and it, it's pretty widely accepted that it was just one person. Mm-hmm. So we'll just go ahead and throw that out there in the beginning. Just so one. there was this theory yeah. that the Tyler had a car that was missing a floorboard. So you would just you would drop your little sandwich packet and it would go bloop and then drive away. And the Is way that the noise it made? It when I did it. It's, oh okay. All it right. went <laughs> no. Did you cut a hole in the bottom of your car? I did to do not. This? No. no, I didn't have. That's a car, good. That's so good. That yeah. whole okay, situation. so it so it hits the ground. So it hits the ground, and then the heat of the tires driving over it uh, kind of embeds it in the asphalt. It just like deep, deep embeds it, and then eventually wears the tar paper part away after all of the like tar and asphalt and glue have solidified into the and concrete. been pushed around because they're they're they're. Uh... It's it's kind of a, a sticky liquid is the yeah. easy way to say it. So it gets pushed away gets from the base material totally, yeah. on the top. Yeah, so it all gets embedded and then it'll wear away at the paper. So they just eventually kind of reveal themselves, mm. which is really cool if you think about it and really ingenious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> super, super smart. Yeah, I think that <clears throat> I don't think that I would go to the lengths of cutting a hole in the bottom of my car, though. I think I'd just like roll down my window and drop it out that way. Yeah, well, well you like... know, the thing about a, a car with a hole in the floorboard is nobody plans to have that, mm. but you end up with it. Because I, I had a car that I discovered had a hole in the floorboard once, and I wasn't planning on having it, but once I had it, I had it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how, how much I like this theory, to be totally honest with you. 
Um, there's a there's a the dropping it through the floorboard mm-hmm. thing. There's a documentary that we're gonna like refer a lot to in this because it's kind of like the end all be all of information on the Tone B tiles. Mm-hmm. It's called Resurrect Dead, and they talk a lot about this car as it refers to the <laughs> person do. that they think is responsible for this. Did they find a car? They did not, mm. but they have descriptions of it, and it's a crazy little car. But I think you know, in some instances, that makes sense, but. To say that that's how this person exclusively did that, I I just don't think that's the case. I don't. I just don't. Can I can I break in here for a second? No. Because this is the thing that we've we've had a couple of stories where there's been documentaries out there about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the last one we did, the Oofbert, there was a documentary that was done. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I always I want to bring for, bring up and and make people think about is that when you watch a documentary, they have come to a conclusion typically of what the answer is going to be, at mm-hmm. least for the most part. So they're going to bring that stuff to the forefront. And it's a little frustrating to me at times because I don't always agree with it. And I don't always think the logic is sound. And I think that it's very easy for folks to go and let's say watch this documentary and say, oh, well, that's the absolute answer. Mm -hmm. But I still see some holes in it. Not that these guys didn't do a ton of legwork. Oh, my gosh. They did so much so legwork. And years. again, I think, you know, if you watch this movie, you will get exactly the idea of what I was just talking about earlier is you fall down this rabbit hole. And even, you know, there's an instance where a guy comes in and he's like a total skeptic and he like doesn't totally, he's not really into the idea. And by the end of it, he's like one of the only people who's still like involved yeah. in the whole situation. But I think you just, you just, I think there is that feeling of, of thinking, well, there must just be this really simple answer that we're just like that. I, I'm just too stupid to see. And that's that's what drives me crazy sometimes yeah. when we see these documentaries, which are well made. I'm mm-hmm. not going to knock on them, but no, of course not. Then you start thinking about it after the fact. And, well, okay, so I agenda's not the right word to use, but they they have an agenda that they that they are putting forward, mm-hmm. and that's what they're going to support. But Absolutely. that doesn't mean that that's the only or the absolute or correct answer. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So anyway, I'm, I didn't mean no, to interrupt, but I just, no. I had to say that because we've had this come up a couple of times. I agree. Yeah. And I think it's, it's worth saying for sure. They, the, the, the theory kind of commonly accepted knowledge is that there's about 150, uh, like old style tiles, originals, originals, essentially that people have, have identified. And, you know, there may be more that nobody's ever seen. They may have gotten destroyed before anybody ever got to see them. Because well, yeah, there they get is... paved over and stuff. Well, and the thing of it is that's really interesting is that it's it almost seems like it's a really big effort to pave over these things. There have been cities who, like Chicago, for instance. Which is where these the majority of them started out at, right? No, Philadelphia. Philadelphia, I'm yeah. sorry, you're right. But Chicago saw like two of them and they were like, nope, this is a huge act of vandalism. We will do everything we can to pave over them. And destroy. And destroy them. Mm. When re- truly, I mean, it's not destroying the street. Like if I were a conspiracy theory nut, it would totally feed into my conspiracy theory because... It's like a couple tiles in the middle of the street. It's not like gang graffiti, like written on the side of like some giant tourist trap or anything like that. And now the government's suppressing it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a little bit. I I, it costs that. a lot of money to repave a street. 
Like, it costs a lot of money to even just repave a tiny little bit of street. It's mm. not cheap. And these are just, like, chilling in the middle of the street. They're not, like... Doing it's, anything. It's not a problem to the infrastructure. You know, it's not dangerous. Yeah, well, They're yeah. just some little graffitis. But graffiti on a wall is, could be thought of the same way. And it people could. don't appreciate it because... That's not what that surface is intended for. I, I understand both sides. Yeah, totally. I just have to say. Yeah, no, I think that's totally fair because I don't want to say this is like a conspiracy thing because I'm, I, but if you is. listen to the show, you know, <laughs> I'm not a conspiracy person, but I do want to say that the, the level that some cities have gone to, to say, we're getting rid of this stuff. To eradicate it. Has, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a little crazy. Anyway, so there are 300 like copycats so far that they've seen. Um, and we talked a little bit about uh, what they look like. There's this group called the House of Hades, and they've been credited with at least 100 of the copycats. And, oh, yeah. And they're the ones who are doing it in Portland. Yeah. And the message is different often. Yes. Uh, it often says something about House of Hades. There's mm -hmm. also the Cult of the Hellion, who are kind of the same thing as the House of Hades, and they're they're doing a lot of copycats as well. But it's just, I mean, you could do it individually. The thing is, is that to do it individually, it costs a lot of money because you have to get a whole roll of tar paper, okay? And mm -hmm. that's like 50 bucks a pop. And mm -hmm. then you got to get linoleum, and then you have to get a different color linoleum, and then you have to invest the time and energy to, like, carve it just to have said, like, oh, I was, like, one tiny little part of this movement that somebody may never see. Mm -hmm. That's not something a lot of people do. So this guy, the guy, the Tyler must have been, like, in home construction. I'm uh, just, just kidding. But actually, that, that would make sense, though. Maybe, although it to was, do, like, what? 150 of them. Well, but mm. if you've got if you're working on jobs and you're just collecting scraps, yeah, that so suddenly we'll affords you bit. this hobby at no cost, yeah, that's but your true. time. Yeah, or if you like have a lot of time to like walk around mm -hmm. and just like pick up, because you you walk up to her and you say, "Hey, man, can I have like a little piece of your tar paper?" They're like, "Yeah." It's in the trash. Mm -hmm. Take cool, it. Cool. Take it. Leave me alone. Yeah. Whatever. Away. They yeah. don't no. care, or they don't even notice, or it's late night and you. Go into a dumpster. Five yeah. finger you discount. Know, not yeah. a big deal. There, well, actually, and there's uh, there, there are stores where you can actually buy you know scraps of, of various things. Like there's there's one that's not very far away from here that has a lot of stuff like mm -hmm. that. You can buy yeah. you can buy small leftover chunks of, of stuff like that. Yeah, because so it's, it's, it's recycling doable. to them. Yeah, and they, they make they make a little money off of the whole thing, and it doesn't go into the landfill. Yeah, for sure. So this is um, this is what the House of Hades tiles kind of look like. I didn't ever get the connection, and maybe that's just because I missed it. But is the House of Hades something to do with the original tiles, or is it just some offshoot group that just picked it up and took it? No, it's a, it's an offshoot group, and you can see they're very clearly made with. Uh, we'll post pictures, of course. They're very clearly made with just like single tiles or double wide of a, like a, just a floor tile. They just went to like House Depot, Home Depot or something. And by a one Bottom. by one or And whatever. so this one reads, there's often do, reads House of Hades, I make and glue tiles with the bones of dead journalists, which is a reference to what is referred to as the side tiles from oh, the yeah. original oh, tiles. Thank you. And I we'll talk about these. completely forgot about uh, those. Yeah, we'll talk about these because it's, um, there are a lot of things that take this from being an art project to being legitimate somebody trying to get their message across the only way they can figure out how to do it. Mm -hmm. um, so the house of Hades does tiles like that. It's just like two colors, kind of a lot of work, but like not the most work. 
as opposed to like this is one of the original tiles, Which and it's is like multiple colors and beautiful, tons of tiny cool. lettering, so and... much, really like a lot of work. And you can even see while the the House of Hades tries to emulate the the way that the handwriting is, I'm I'm gonna call it handwriting. Yeah, it's no, it's still not quite the same. It's it. For me, when I see this text done, because of how consistent it is, I'm surprised that I have never come across a Toynbee font. Mm -hmm. To be quite honest, I'm surprised yeah. nobody has turned this into a font. I'm, yeah. Because it oh. is so consistent. Mm -hmm. You look at the Ds, the As, the Ts, Rs. These things Easily. are done very precisely, Eastside. I would guess that you know? if I didn't know better, I would say that somebody had a die to stamp these things out with. Maybe. Yeah. Rather than have, using a knife. They might have made a stencil set. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. They, that very well could be it. Yeah, they, yeah. Uh, but you know, actually, that's this suggests an idea. I think that since this is not copyrighted, nobody owns it, why don't we invent that font <laughs> and make some money? A lot of money. You guys want to do that? Uh, no. No, I don't, I don't because I've made fonts of... before, and trust me, you don't want to do it. And it's I don't want to make yeah. money off of anything Tony B related. <laughs> Tony B, Toyn B. I don't, I just don't. So, well, okay. I do. So, I guess, like, mystery solved, right? It was like one guy. Just like dropping some tiles in between. And we don't know who it is. But who it was, whatever. Okay, just kidding. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joe, I know this was your question, is what do they mean? Mm -hmm. Because I think taken at face value, it's just like a weird note. It's a right? little bit it's weird. Okay, okay, so Toynbee was like this. There were a couple different people that it might have referred to. And 2001 A Space Odyssey is just like a Stanley Kubrick film. And like, mm. there's nothing really about resurrecting the dead no. on Jupiter. And Jupiter, like, what a weird place. It's just a gas planet. They're, yeah, it's, it's weird. So, 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 you know, actually, um, I'm reminded, this reminds me of, um, what is the word? For those puzzles where you take a bunch of words and you take the layers of those words and rearrange them. Anagram? Anagram? Mm -hmm. Okay. Anagrammatically so, speaking. Okay, so it, this looks to me like an anagram. It looks like somebody has uh, taken some words and rearranged the letters into these sort of meaningless phrases. So that's really and interesting, and that's actually not a theory that I've seen. I've I have. Before. Really? Yes, I've read stuff that uh, Toynbee can be rearranged mm -hmm. into, I think, Teen, teen boy. boy, and they've gone. People have gone through and taken everything in it and rearranged it to make different. And there's multiple variances on the mm -hmm. messages that don't make any more sense. Well, so but they're they can do it. This is the thing that I want to say. The other thing I want to say about this is that there are. I hesitate to say wrong answers, but there are so many wrong answers out there about the Toynbee tiles. There just are. I mean, you know, people are like, well, it was aliens. No, it wasn't. <laughs> well, it's a Soviet conspiracy. Well, it, I mean, maybe it might have been. Talks but, about the USSR. You know, oh, it was just a journalist. Oh, it's just some dude's art project. And there are just so many answers that are really, they feed into the conspiracy theory aspect. Um, they're just crazy talk. I mean, there are so many weird wrong answers and i would put the kind of anagram theory into in my mind a wrong answer if only because you can only really rearrange one line to make more sense than it makes right now 
Mm. It's, and you that's exactly I mean? right. It doesn't well, make any more sense to be teen boy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not toyn beam. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it could be though that it's not it's not a, a word by word thing. So, mm-hmm. in other words, the letters that go into toyn be, which can be re- rearranged to be teen boy, mm-hmm. might form be mixed together with letters from other words in this phrase to make yet other words. Sure. But but yeah. when they're done, and I think this is one of the things that people grab onto, each line. When you see them on the different tiles, sometimes they're they're very blocked. So two words, three words, two words, three words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like a haiku, but it's very organized mm-hmm. in that manner. And mm-hmm. so it makes one think that, okay, well, if I'm going to rearrange this, then I have to do it a line by line because they're always written the same way. It's never Toynbee idea in. Toynbee idea, and you know, you mm. see where I'm heading with this. They they never they never get interjected into a different line. Mm. So then it would be a little strange to say, oh well, you can mix and match them across the whole thing because it's it's just distinctly. And when they're done in the colors, the colors sometimes are done in blocks. A Toynbee idea, the outside frame mm-hmm. of it is one color. In movie 2001 is in another color, so they're very distinctly blocked out. It's very organized and and methodical that way. So that's why I don't know that it could be an anagram where you just take all the letters in this and make a whole new statement Mm -hmm. from anywhere. Take the J from Jupiter and it goes into the first line. That Mm -hmm. I have a hard time following. Yeah, I can see that. Also, we can make sense out of this. Somewhat. I mean, a, a little bit. I think, um, I actually, you know, as we said, there's documentaries and they decide, well, it's just this. And But I think that there's some really strong evidence for this kind of following the same kind of thread. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll just kind of jump into it. The it, people generally feel, and I feel that this is true, is that Toynbee refers to Arnold Toynbee, who is a kind of general historian of human existence Mm -hmm. one of those historians that don't really exist anymore he was just like oh humans yeah let's talk about all of it Mm. and he and it was a little 12 volume set yeah and it was and it was really philosophical as well as historic well that was the writing of the times totally so he wrote this book called experiences and there's a really long quote from it joe can you read this? Because I yeah. think you probably better encap- ca- encapsulate Arnold Toynbee. Yeah. Plus, I, tone. Plus I know tone. how to read. That's true. That's <laughs> yeah. helpful. Yeah. yeah. All right. So take it away. Uh, no one has ever been or ever met a living human soul without a body. Someone who accepts, as I myself do, taking it on trust, the present day scientific account of the universe may find it impossible to believe that a living creature, once dead, can come to life again. And this, this is jumping a little bit ahead, but there were these media packets that were circulated that were attributed to the Tyler with this group that he's associated with called the Minority Alliance, which we're not even going to get into. And this is pre the tiles. This is pre the tiles. And this is one of those things that if you're really interested in this mystery, you should go out and research this. But I, I just don't think there's value in us sitting here and talking about it for 
like an hour. If the, if there's a there's so much information. There's so here. much. I think I think what I think what you're getting at mm-hmm. is we're trying to give kind of the surface overview. Yeah. Otherwise, this would be a four hour episode. More than because yeah. we can dive in as you said down we'll the fall rabbit, down hole, that rabbit hole, and we'll go down that mm-hmm. and have to come back out yeah. and go down there's the next. Just... This yeah, I I had to stop reading on this one. So yeah, I understand. Yeah. From BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. So anyways, there's a early account of the like pre-tile formation of this kind of Toynbee idea situation attributed to this group called the Minority Association. We'll maybe get a little bit into that a little bit later, but for now, just I just believe me. <laughs> it is a thing. And they circulated these kind of media packets, uh, which were only able to be tracked down from like one person. Um, but they had this quote. It had a more expansive version of this quote in it. So... Okay, so pause on that idea for a second. Next idea, 2001, you know, in movie 2001, right? So at the at the end of that movie, you guys remember it, right? Yeah. Oh, this movie, I did not get this movie. Yeah. So... We talked about it when I'd watched it for the first time ever because mm-hmm. I just recently watched it. I don't get that movie. Mm. So the, the, at the end, the protagonist, like, sees himself dying, and then suddenly he's like, He's dying, and then there's this light, and he's like a fetus in an embryo again, mm-hmm. like a baby. Yeah. And he like floats off into space, and it's like super weird. A lot of people. Space baby. Yeah, people kind of refer to this as like a, a proto religious like ending to a movie or a proto religious experience of watching this movie, mm-hmm. for instance. Well, I never really got that whole baby thing, if that was him or if that was just representing the rebirth of the human race. Totally. Or, I've heard that there. it's a metaphor of, you know, he it was he was found by aliens when he went through the wormhole, for lack mm-hmm. of a better better term, the and then yeah. they didn't know what to do with him, and then when they died, they figured out how to bring him back, and they figured out how to get him back where he'd come from, so then they were taking him back to Earth, and it's like, well, 
Wow, so, how did you draw that conclusion? Right. Yeah, and I, it, I, my, yeah my understanding of, of the whole thing, because I read the book as well as saw the movie, and that did even that didn't make the whole baby in the sky thing any more comprehensible to me. But yeah, <laughs> he goes a through great band name. Yeah, baby, baby in, in the sky. sky. Baby so, in the sky. But yeah, he does go through some wormholes and he winds up in this uh, in this uh, place of aliens who he never sees. By the way, they 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 they've actually built a room for, or actually a series of rooms, like a, a nice little apartment for him. Just you know, and and nothing actually works as advertised, like like the doors don't open, the drawers don't open, <laughs> stuff like that. But it looks just like a normal, nice you know, nice quality apartment or something like that. And apparently, he lives out the rest of his days there in captivity uh, with the aliens. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and so. So okay, yeah. so let's um, just trust some people on an an interpretation. Of the end of this movie, okay, because yeah. I think we all that's, can kind of agree that's all I can do. that, like, yeah. I can watch that a million times and still be like, I have no idea. What yeah, I don't know what this means. Yeah, on. so there are some kind of, especially taken in context with the Toynbee tiles and the Toynbee kind of uh, the philosophies yeah. sort of situations. So if you merge these two things together and add a little bit of christian flavor of our own which is definitely referred to in the manifesto and often the side tiles kind of heaven idea we can kind of think of what happened at the end of 2001 as being human and science or maybe alien and science resurrection or reanimation of human molecules as whole humans in space Therefore, creating heaven and space, fulfilling God's, like, quote-unquote promise to resurrect dead people after... In to, heaven. In heaven, right? So heaven that we is truly would do that, up, which is in space. So we would do that through... This, we would fulfill his promise as humans through science, which he gave us. Okay, these mm. are all, like, this is, like, the train of thought we're following. Through that train of thought, the Toynbee resurrection... Once dead, can come alive again. A human without a, a soul without a body. Two thousand one, Kubrick kind of saying, "Oh, well, obviously we're going to resurrect ourselves in space in Jupiter, which is where they went. It was Project Jupiter in two thousand one. So maybe the movie is about humans being resurrected in Jupiter, which is, you know, if you just like, according to some." documents that have been procured um if you would just you know like put an oxygen bomb on jupiter it would turn into a totally human hospitable environment <laughs> yeah right good luck Which, with okay, that so there's Easy like terraforming yeah no obviously that's a problem but that jupiter would become heaven in space mm -hmm. and we would be able to resurrect our dead there and mm -hmm. that would be heaven it's a heck of a sauna yeah it would be um I mean, I don't know. I don't remember what the gravity is on Jupiter, but it's a, it's staggeringly higher than ours is. I mean, sure. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, the, the I mean, theory and is the that visibility is terrible. It's uh, awful. Yeah. But I did think it was interesting to think about, and this is something that's been discovered since this whole like Toynbee two thousand one everything, is that it turns out that one of Jupiter's moons may actually be a fairly viable terraforming place. I, I could be misremembering this, but it's like a, almost an ice planet, and yeah. they think that there's actually like surface underneath there, so it's got a lot of water on oh, it. Oh yeah, and there's yeah. like a surface, so like if we could just dry it out a little bit, 
I don't think the um, yeah. I mean, I, it, it's never going to be habitable with an atmosphere. I mean, the only the only planet really we have any chance of terraforming would be Mars. It's Europa. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah, Europa yeah. because yeah. they because it's covered in ice. They can mm-hmm. tell that there's some. They they believe that there's some kind of either tectonic or tidal forces being exerted on the planet because of the way that the ice moves and cracks and breaks mm-hmm. and they believe that it's liquid underneath it mm-hmm. so it's not more it's not so much a terraforming as it's plausible to actually have life on it yeah. that's in the, the 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 fluid or water underneath this ice. Mm-hmm. And plus uh, you know the other thing of note and interest about it is it might might make a really nice little resource. I mean if you have space colonies out there that's full of water, methane, whatever, those are you know highly useful things. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. So I you know I guess that was my like own little interesting tidbit that like Okay, Jupiter, probably not, like, but something really close to Jupiter, maybe, probably Mm -hmm. not, again, but who knows, you know, it's only been, like, what, 40 years since, 50 years since uh, 2001 2001 came out? It's been... It came out in... in, uh, 45 years, yeah, it's 45, yeah, yeah. wow, So, and in that amount of time, we've done incredible things, so who's to say, you know, another 45 years, another whatever, Mm -hmm. that we wouldn't be like, oh, no, obviously, we were going to colonize Europa like duh or oh it was Mars all along you know who knows who knows so we're good with kind of what it might mean right Mm -hmm. I mean I guess uh, I'm not good with it but I I can understand I mean is there better theory no no I don't have a theory I think that this one the theories are kind of Mm far-fetched at least from my perspective okay but the message is so vague Mm -hmm. that the far-fetched idea is the closest to being plausible. So when I say I'm not okay with it, mm-hmm. it's just because it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. to me. The whole thing still is just really, really odd to me. Mm-hmm. It, it really, uh, you know, you're, you're right. It does make no sense. I mean, this message makes no sense unless it's some sort of a code. Yeah, so I guess um, I think that this interpretation, when you can kind of take it in with this overarching idea of who may have done them and in the context yeah i guess in the context makes some sense you know there's these side tiles that crop up so you Mm -hmm. see these pictures it's like a license plate sized tile that has the like four lines the tony b idea in 2001 space or not 2001 space in kubrick's or a movie 2001 resurrected on planet jupiter and then there are these like little side messages, and they are often, I think, more interesting than. They're more informative they because have the main tile is just repetitive. It's super repetitive. So uh, okay, so like here's a picture of like one of the original ones, and we can see if we can see the. What, what are you doing? I'm kind of looking at it from different angles. That's why I'm turning my head like this uh-huh. because I'm trying to. I'm just trying to see if there's perhaps something that we're missing. See, maybe, okay, maybe it's a drawing. This is exactly. What I've been because yeah. you feel like it's like it's one of those mysteries where you feel like the answer is on the tip of your brain, right? Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. uh, there's an obvious answer here that we are just too dumb to see. Do you Don't remember, you feel that way right now? Do you remember in the 90s when those 
those images were being, everybody was selling and it was just a super fine print of some repetitive pattern and you were supposed to stare at it for about five minutes yeah, and, and suddenly the eyes. real image would yeah. pop forward because yeah. you could mm-hmm. see it because of the way it uh-huh. was. Th- it's yeah. a I think schooner! That's where, yeah. I think that's where that's, Joe might be heading here. I, I squinted I was, at him. And that's what I was thinking. I took my glasses I, off. I still can't it? figure it out. Yeah. No, but no, that's I don't the, see this, the schooner. But this phenomenon is exactly what I'm talking about. When you like start to get into this, you just keep thinking, well, there's got to be something that somebody missed. Or we're just like overlooking the obvious answer. Mm-hmm. And well, there's just it's, not. Yeah, there isn't. I mean, I, I suppose what you could say is that uh, if you look at the, the, the white outline part, Mm-hmm. It almost looks like it's sort of a crude drawing of a ziggurat. And, and I don't know if you, and you've heard the story, of course, about the Tower of Babel, which really wasn't a tower at all. It was a ziggurat. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, a ziggurat is. Ziggurat is like a sort of like like flattened pyramid sort okay. of building. Okay. Just making that sure was I was popular on. Okay. Yep. in ancient civilizations yes. in the Middle East. You know, the Tower of Babel was basically about the collapse of a civilization. Mm-hmm. Um, and Toynbee's, one of Toynbee's recurring themes was he, he spent a lot of time thinking about and, and writing about how civilizations collapse mm-hmm. and why they, why civilizations perish, you know, why they flourish for a while and then eventually they crumble and they go away. Okay, it's a long shot, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's got as much validity as anything else that we've come across here so far, so, so I'm, 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 I'm willing to back it. Yeah, it's a message about Babel. <laughs> it's a, can, can, can you understand the message? No. No, of course not. Yeah, yeah. Of course not. That's why we're going to crumble. Crumble yeah. and fall. Yeah. So, okay, side texts is where we were starting. Oh, yeah, let's, oh, let's yeah, go back to the right. side texts. Right. Yeah, 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 we were talking about that yeah. before I got off on my little tangent there. Sorry um, about that. Texts, again, you know, they're they're pretty interesting. Um, and a lot of the old original tiles, the old style tiles, are pretty destroyed at this point. I mean, linoleum isn't the most durable of well, substances. Yeah. Yeah. And when they're things... in the middle of the street and when cities are like really actively trying to cover them up. Well, let's even talk about, I mean, you, you see some of the photos and you can tell that the main exterior piece of linoleum mm-hmm. has worn or been pulled away and all that's left are the letters mm-hmm. and then they start moving on that, that tar substrate and yeah. suddenly it looks like alphabet soup because totally. they're all just jammed together and it's unreadable. So yeah, these things, I'm, I'm guessing yeah. what they have, a two-year, three-year life show well, at, the, at the best? So I guess that's kind of part of it is that there are some that are in like Philly, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. that have been around since the 80s. Yeah, it probably really? depends on the amount of traffic yeah. they get. They're you know. not, um, Philadelphia isn't actively trying to pave over them, and Philadelphia is one of those places where uh, they don't pave a lot. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. they don't really have money for the infrastructure. They don't really have that. So, and Philadelphia is the epicenter of these. It is, I think, accepted at this point. I would say pretty much everybody agrees that the Tyler lived in Philadelphia. Probably. Seems right. Um, and, yeah, I can, I can back that. Yeah, and we'll talk a little bit isn't, about this. Isn't Bruce Willis from Philadelphia? <gasps> yeah, I think we solved it. Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. So, okay. So There's the, the diehard Tyler. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Tile hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there are these little side guys. So, like, one of them says, and this is, like, a really destroyed tile, um, but somehow the sidebar has stuck around more than the tile. 
This one says, I'm only one man. When I got a fatal disease, they gloated in joy over its death. Over its death? Yeah. Mm. So another one says, you must make and glue tiles, you, as media is, and there's like a missing chunk. And then it says, you must make and glue tile, you must, as media, U-S-S-A. And then another one, which I think is really interesting, it says, I am only one man, and when I caught a fatal disease, they gloated over its death. That's when I, it's broken up, they... I think it's begged them not to destroy uh, thank you and something. Because, um, it's, again, it's, it's, just it's partially, just like that it's part gone. Of it's just like, come off. The, yeah, these side tiles are, are just really, really interesting. Um, well, it seems like the side tiles are where the personality of the tiler actually comes through. Yeah, it's rather a paranoid personality. So... Yeah, so the side tiles and then particularly the what they call the manifesto tile are what, for me, makes this a real thing. Because I think it's very easy to look at these tiles and say, oh, this was someone's art project, right? It was the, late, it was the early 80s to like early aughts. This is a time when a lot of people are doing experimental, kind of art. experimental surrealist art. All right, so it's just somebody who's like got an art project going on. They've got some kind of nonsense phrase that they're just regurgitating over and over again. Mm, we'll say that they're putting down knowing that people are going to puzzle over it for, totally. for years. Yeah. So the the manifesto, uh, you guys have both seen that. Right? Yes. Yeah. It's a set of four linoleum tiles, and it has hundreds of words on it. And I, I have a transcript of what it says, um, but it's really paranoid. And I, I think it's worth hearing... So, Steve? Yeah, I can run this. Yeah. Uh, not that I'm the paranoid of the group. Well, but, you might be, though. <laughs> no, the, I, I'm, not, I'm not. The three of us? Ah. No, I'm not really. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what no, is that like, supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, let's go ahead and do this. So, John Knight, owner of the Philadelphia Inquirer, hellion Jew, who's hated this movement's guts for years, takes money from the mafia to make the mafia look good in his newspapers, so he has the mafia in his back pocket. John Knight sent the mafia to murder me in May 1991. There's an unreadable bit. Journalists, all of them, gloated in my face about my death and Knight. Ritter's great power to destroy. In fact, John Knight went into hellion binge of joy over Knight Ritter's great power to destroy. I secured house with blast doors and fled the country in June 1991. NBC attorneys, journalists, and security officials at Rockefeller Center fraudulently... Uh, something's disappeared. Under the Freedom of Information Act, all... Orders of NBC executives got the U.S. Federal District Attorney's Office and I got the FBI to get Interpol to establish task force that located me in Dover, England. When back home, Inquirer got union goons from their own employer union to send down a sports journalist who, with baseball bat, bashed in lights and windows of neighborhood cars, as well as men outside my house. They stationed there still. Waiting for me, NBC, CBS, Group W, Westinghouse, Time, Time Warner, Fox, Universal, all of 
of the cult of the Hellion. Each were much worse than Knight Ritter ever was, mostly Hellion Jews. When KYW and NBC executives told John Knight the whole coven gloated on how their Soviet pals had found a way to turn it into a... Yeah, and this that's, was uh, uh, that's a little bit paranoid. And, and this I, was, it's, that's 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 a screed. That's not a manifesto to me. That's a screed. But uh, that's so, definitely paranoid. So well, when did that when did that appear? Uh, it was discovered in 1997, and I think it, it looked like it was a little uh, aged. Aged. So this the, the, it's a it's had or it had been about let's just say 12 to 15 years before from the originals to when this happened. Oh, yeah. I'm t- I'm I'm encapsulating start yeah. to when that one happened. Yeah, totally. Um yes. So and the other thing that strikes me about this is that like you know we're talking how the handwriting looks really really like the the handwriting is really consistent throughout all of the original like old style ones. Mm-hmm. And the handwriting in this is also super consistent. But this is not a planned this is not something that somebody writes and then reads and is like, yeah, that reads well. This is something that somebody like scribbles out. This carves and writes as they go. Was carving as they went, totally. Um, and the handwriting's still like really consistent. Yeah. And it's so paranoid. And this is on when I looked at it in the pictures, it looks like it's it's four one foot square tiles. Would that be pretty close to accurate? Yeah, so they're like a standard um, tile, like a linoleum tile. Yeah, size. eight by eight or twelve yeah. by twelve, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's it, this all of that text is in a sixteen by sixteen or twenty four by twenty four inch square mm-hmm. area, and it's actually it turns out legible. Yeah. Totally legible. And this is yeah. where? Philadelphia? Yeah. So the uh, the other really interesting thing about this whole situation is that in 1983, there was a small little article published in the Philadelphia Inquirer about the ideas of the Minority Association and the Toynbee idea to resurrect dead on Jupiter. The Toynbee idea to resurrect dead? Yeah. So this whole, like, the idea, right? Toynbee idea... Kubrick's 2001 Space Odyssey. This has been propagated ostensibly for a while before. And there was an article written in the Inquirer that was uh, referenced a Philadelphia-based campaign to resurrect dead on Jupiter uh, that didn't ever... It didn't reference the tiles, but it may have been pre-tiles. And all of the ideas that were spoken about in this article in the Inquirer, which they referenced in the manifesto tiles pretty frequently are there. That's odd. So... I don't know how else to say that, but that's w- odd. So it's the odd. article, so, right, the article little... talked about this idea to resurrect the dead, but it didn't actually mention so the, or reference the, the, the tiles. Okay, so the article, again, it's this like li- this little tidbit of prehistory, and the only place I've ever heard of it is in this documentary and in this group that did this research for this documentary, in the like prehistory of the tiles in the Minority Association um, yeah, they dove pretty far they, into they that. They went deep down the rabbit hole. Again, I will direct you <laughs> to said documentary if you're really interested in this. Uh, beware that your life will be sucked in. Yeah. <laughs> um, You'll die broken, penniless. But you, uh, you may. Yeah. But they found this article in the Inquirer, and I think it was titled, You Want to Run That By Me Again? Oh, and, yes! Uh, it had this 
interview, not interview, but it had this information from a guy who had written in from, he claimed to be from the Minority Association, uh, and he said his name was Joe Morocco, Morosco, mm-hmm. Morosco. Um, James Morosco, I'm sorry. And he was part of this group called the Minority Association, and they were working on a campaign to resurrect dead people on planet Jupiter. And it was like a four-paragraph-long, maybe at the most, article. Yeah, it wasn't real big. But the fact that the manifesto, like, kind of schizoid, like, ramblings of a crazy person talk about the Inquirer that much is very interesting to me because... um, as far as I understand it, those that wasn't made public. Like they they didn't make the archives public until early two thousands. Hmm. And I could be wrong hmm. about that, but that's just as far as I know. So that's interesting to me. That's hmm. an interesting little like pin. I don't have a good answer. I don't have a good reason. Yeah. Except yeah, I, that they may be the same person. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know? yeah, I I don't know that that one's a. I know that in the documentary, that is a giant leap for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure I'm willing I'm to not, leap. Yeah, I'm, I'm not so convinced, but, but that's just because this thing is so fragmented. Yeah, it mm. is really fragmented. <clears throat> and, you know, when you try to make sense out of something like this, you have to accept the fact also that it sounds like whoever created these things was probably mentally imbalanced. So trying to make mm-hmm. sense out of insanity can can really kind of drive you insane. Yeah. Maybe. Well, and the other the other dangerous part about, and we've, I know all three of us have fallen in this when researching something, is we see, let's say, a hint of a name, and we, and I'm simplifying this greatly, mm-hmm. but we get a name in our head of how it should be spelled. And so we are madly researching that spelling of that name, not taking into consideration that Morosco could be spelled differently. Because in Mm. the movie, they make a point. There's one guy named James Morosco in the area that they can find, and he's nowhere near where he's supposed to be. But then you go and you think, well, they keep spelling it one way. Mm -hmm. Well, I can think of, when I looked at the name, about three or four different ways that I could perceive that being spelled. So then what happens? Then it branches out and it gets even harder. Yeah, particularly if it was like a phone interview. Yeah. And I I don't know that that was ever specified. And again, this is this this kind of like pre-tile situation that I don't I really don't think we should go too far into no no I, I, yeah, I think hole. we're already going there we, so. we have been a little bit so I guess the only place that this leaves us is to talk about who may have done this mm-hmm. right who this person might be according to that <laughs> according to that manifesto yeah. maybe mm-hmm. so I guess there are three kind of good suspects that they talk about mm-hmm and they talk about this in the documentary, but they also like just wide, why it's widely accepted that these are kind of the three main people. Mm-hmm. One is called Railroad Joe. Uh, one is James Moresco, mm-hmm. and one is a man by the name of Sevi Verna. Okay. Okay. And, so and why should we believe that any of these guys did it? Well, we'll get into that in like literally right now. Okay. Perfect. All right, Railroad Joe. Uh, okay. I guess I should preface this all by saying. There was a tile found in South America, and it was the first and only accepted original or old-style tile to have been found outside of the U.S., okay? Mm-hmm. And it had a P.O. box 
and a street address in Philadelphia. Which then everybody is latched on to. Yes. To find their point of origin. Because, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like, okay, yes, we're dealing with potentially a mentally unhinged person, but why would somebody write down just like a random street address in Philadelphia and leave it in South America attached to this idea unless they wanted people to pay attention to that street address? Well, but unless they want to do like harass the person. I was about to say, <laughs> yeah. unless they consider the person that's there to be an enemy of some kind, mm-hmm. and then this is a great way to get revenge. That's true. Although traveling so that, all the way to my, South America, yeah, traveling all the way to South America to do that—that's that's a little weird. It's a little that's weird. Kind of yeah, well, but you know, I mean, stranger things have happened. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. I'm just saying, and again, this is one of those things. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, but. We're always looking at it as, at face value, this is truthful in terms of, I put this down so you'll find me, Mm -hmm. instead of subterfuge, I'm going to put this down so you don't find me, but now you're going to bug the heck out of this guy who has been my mortal enemy. So, yes. Mm -hmm. My counter to that is that if you walk in within like a three block radius of this place, you find these little trial runs of the tiles. They're just little, like, bits of linoleum or kind of, like, nonsense, just letter engravings that are embedded in the asphalt. They're tiny. They're little scraps. They're cast-offs. But within a three-block radius of this one apartment. And, yes, of course, if you... That's the greatest form of misdirection is to name the suspect and then start dropping clues around or evidence around that suspect that's true i'm not buying into that but i'm going to take the skeptic standpoint on this and say if we're going to run if i'm going to run with the i did this to get that guy Mm -hmm. i'm going to do well you know what it's really easy once a month i go to his neighborhood and just drop drop some of my scrap garbage that i've been making these with and just walk away yeah Mm -hmm. and Look at they're all knocking on his door. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's totally true. I think that's a great point to bring up because I think that's a point that's not brought up enough. However, since I'm presenting this yep. history, I have to take the totally believer standpoint. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sucks so, to be you. Okay, so um, there's been a lot of research done in this area, and as far as anybody can remember, there's only been two people who ever lived in this, this at this address. Mm-hmm. One was Railroad Joe. It's what they call him. I don't remember his whole name. I don't think it's super important. That was what everybody called him. Everybody calls him Railroad Joe because he worked on a railroad. railroad. Yeah. It's a tongue twister for me. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, On Conway Rail or Conrail. Mm -hmm. Conrail, yeah. So one of the things they talk about with this guy is that um, they do some familial research on him and his family were gravestone engravers. Oh. So that's a that's a pretty easy Carbon leap tombstones. to make, right? Yeah. You know, somebody you'd learn how to make consistent handwriting and totally be a quick carver, right? It's not like this would be taking you days to do because True. you might be great at it. It might just take you an hour or two, or maybe less. Also, Conrail at the time that this man was working for Conrail, uh, their railway lines perfectly mirrored the spread of where the original tiles have all been found. So all of the Except major for city. South America. Okay, but wait, no, that's not true. Actually. Oh, okay. So uh, it it only goes as far south as Conrail went, 
It only goes as far west as Conrail went, and it stopped in every single major city, which major city, okay, it's a major city. However, in the same, uh, in the same time that he was working for this rail system, there's an article to prove this that names him by name as the railway foreman for Conrail. Conrail was shipping a telescope that was made in Philadelphia to South America where they found that one tile. Right. So, so Conrail was shipping it? Conrail was apparently they were like building working it. with. Yeah, I, I don't remember if they were building it or if they were involved in the they shipping. Were, somehow they were involved because there was an article that was written about the shipping of this telescope mm. and that this guy was named, Railroad Joe was named by first and last name as being the railway foreman for this project. Oh, really? So that's an interesting That's kind of intriguing. Yeah. The only thing about this is that Railway Joe, Railroad Joe, died in 1987. Okay, there's a problem. Yeah, so that's a big did, problem. When did the um, the Chile one appear? It, it was in the early 80s. Early he 80s, would have been okay. alive. Oh, okay. But there, but tiles have been dated to much later than that. Mm-hmm. I'll copy in that. the correct style. In the correct style, it would have been the original ones. So he would have had to have been laying them past the grave, mm. which doesn't seem super likely. Well, it does say resurrect dead in his mouth. <laughs> That's true. Maybe he was successful. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing it from Jupiter. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's been, he's been traveling from oh, Jupiter. Oh, God. Commuting, mm. if you will. So James Moresco, next one, right? Who's named in the He's the, named the in article. the Inquirer article. He's also... Okay, so I guess we do have to delve a little bit into this back history of the Minority Association. And there was this press packet that went out, and there were these wheat paste posters that went up uh, in the early 80s. Correct me if I'm wrong, but a wheat paste poster is literally you slap paste uh, when you're in grade school paste, mm-hmm. it's some version of that. Onto a, sh- uh, a poster and then just slap it against the wall to adhere it rather than using a stapler or tape or something like that. Yeah. That's what a wheat paste poster is? Yeah. Okay, just making sure I was under. I Those was are on the board ones that. that like stick up for years and years. Yeah, and you years. cannot because they're yeah. sealed. And Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. got it. Just yeah. making sure I understood that. And where did these appear? In Philadelphia, in kind of like lower income hubs, so like Greyhound stations, Union Station, things like that. Mm. And they had the same messaging that the tiles do. And that's about as far as I'm willing really to go into it. wasn't it. the same verbiage, but the same it idea? the same idea. Okay. Yeah. So the, the Minority Association is fairly widely accepted to be the predecessor to these tiles. And on all of the media information, they had this like press packet that we talked about a little bit earlier. The name that appears is James Moresco. He's a good candidate. So he was their spokesman. He was their, yeah, he was their publicity manager, essentially. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, as we were just talking about... He wasn't just the president, about, he was a client, too. Uh, <laughs> he probably served as, you know, in every, every slot. He actually all, didn't. Because he probably was the entire organization. Here's the thing, is that actually he didn't. It was him and his brother and his, his brother's wife. A and girlfriend or something? Like one other person. And there's actually apparently some kind of signed documentation of this. That hmm. there were more than just him involved. Mm. Anyways, um, so there's been some searches on this name based on any information that could be gained from the journalist that wrote this article. And there was one guy named James Moresco 
who would have been in his 70s. He's the one you read about when you just do like a proliferate Google search on Toynbee Tiles. They oh, say because he's the one that comes up. He's the there. That's the one that they say. But he would have been in his seventies or eighties when the tiles were being laid. But we think he's the best candidate. It's because, because he shares his name, the name. matches. Mm. Again, this is where I say spelling. Right. Alternately, the theory was floated, and I think this is probably the strongest theory: is that it was a pseudonym. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that it was actually the guy who lived at the address. After Railroad Joe died, named Sevi Verna, mm. who was has been discounted because his mother mm. says he has a lung disease, therefore he's never been able to travel. Mm-hmm. He's a bit of a shut in. He's totally. He's a super shut in. Nobody Which really ever sees him. Could make it plausible that he is, or completely plausible that he isn't. He was attacked in the in like 1996. In his home. Mm-hmm. He was attacked over this? He was attacked, not over this. It was over a different dispute. Uh, some um, kind of neighbor dispute, if I remember. But because of that, he, it has been documented by his neighbors that he uh, put up plywood in his windows and barred his door, just like that manifesto says mm-hmm. the person did. He's really, really smart, apparently, and totally a shut-in and kind of creepy. He apparently drove a car that was missing a floorboard. Oh, really? <laughs> um, and also had this giant antenna that broadcasted like a kind of pirate radio TV shortwave, shortwave thing. And again, that's something that like I don't even want to touch. But the shortwave connection. Shortwave connection. If you're super interested, go look it up. There's no. That's so far down the road. Yeah, that's another all. thirty minutes of that's another right at there. least. Yeah. <laughs> Additionally. In these papers that were uncovered of this original kind of minority association situation, all of the all of the references to themselves refer to uh, James Moresco, with one exception that appears to be a typo, which refers to themselves as Severino Virna. Hmm. So we messed up and broke characters. What Maybe they're. It's it, it that's what that infers. Yeah. So it seems to be a fairly strong connection to this guy who lives in the place where the tile referred people. He's kind of crazy. He's kind of a shut-in. Mm-hmm. And the neighbors kind of describe him as this without it seems knowing anything about the situation. You know, these are people you say, "Hey, tell me, can you tell me a little about this guy?" They say, "Oh yeah, he's um he's really really smart. And he's kind of shut and he's really shy. He's very scared. Oh, and he drove this car that like I think like the bottom rusted out, like just to, to kind of tell people how eccentric this guy was without having knowledge of the fact that people think that he's the Tyler." And again, this is hard to verify. In this Right. Okay, you and I talked about this before we started mm-hmm. recording tonight. Yeah. Is that this is one of those A plus F draws conclusion of C yeah. kind of scenarios to me, which yeah. is is not always the right way to approach it, mm-hmm. but it's the easy thing to see and go to. Uh, so, the example, no, yeah, yeah. the example that you and I talked about is in the documentary. Mm-hmm. They talk about where some of the 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 text could come from, and there was that play. 
or was it a play? Yeah, David was, Mamet. Yeah, 4 a.m. is yeah. the name of it, which all, it's a play, it's a two-man play about somebody calling into a radio DJ and spouting all these crazy ideas, which are very in line with some of the there, stuff some that Some of you, it is like word for word. Yeah, it's yeah. very, very close. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm going to make a jump in the same kind of logical conclusion. Well, okay, and I guess we should like add caveat to that is that David Mamet believes that these tiles are an homage to his play. So let's just throw that out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just, I'm just trying to get across this, yeah, like, yeah. why totally. people jump to say it's Seve is this, this basic, I, I'm following this train and it just seems so easy. Okay, well, when I was watching the documentary, mm-hmm. one of the guys, and I think it's, I can't remember who it Justin, was. Justin, the protagonist. He finds a freshly laid tile that has been on the ground for minutes because mm-hmm. he peels it apart he discovers it and he says I was I went to the store and it must have been about 4 a.m. in the morning and then I found this okay well I can run this logic that says well they're following part of the they're now incorporating the play which is called 4 a.m. which mm-hmm. is supposed to be the time that this call was made in this call-in show and whoever's doing this is now as an homage following that and dropping these things at 4 a.m. Yeah. And now this guy okay well I, to me okay well let's just follow okay well okay yeah you could see the logic in that and I and that could get build steam and get built upon but it's a connection that is very, very loose. And I think that it's only by the pounding of feet on top of it that it gets so strong. And so so that's that's my thing when everybody says the Sevi. Yeah. I I actually feel bad for Sevi. Well, and so here's my thing about Sevi is his mother says that he has this this lung disease. And uh, the tiles very clearly refer to this man having a terminal disease of some kind Mm -hmm, and struggling with the idea of death. And I think that the man that you've described as this like kind of manic reclusive, really smart, but kind of scared man who may have some kind of mental thing, who's also struggling with a terminal illness. He, I just think, I just feel like he really fits the image that you have of the kind of person that would make these tiles. Sort of. Yeah. Again, my problem is, You've built that I have image based totally on, built that image. And, and and it's 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 almost too conveniently molded. That's yeah. my problem. That's totally so, fair. Is that it it it's no, it almost it's, seems too easy. Absolutely. So let me interrupt for a second. So this guy is how old now? Is he still alive? Yeah, he's um I think in his like, he would have been in his like early twenties when these things first started, kind of. Mm-hmm. Which was the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Late yeah. Se- mid seventies yeah. is when all the stuff happened. Yeah. So, so if he's we'll in his twenties. Say... He's in his seventies now. Yeah. Okay. And so, and then he moved in after um, in, Railroad after Joe. After eighty-seven, yeah. After Railroad Joe, he moved in then. Died, yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Or but maybe earlier. I don't know. He... I don't know. I haven't seen the record. He. It may be that Railroad Joe moved out to like live in a facility while mm. he died or something oh, yeah. but oh. in the railroad joe was remembered to have lived there in the like very early 80s at the very least yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so so interesting yeah i wonder if railroad joe maybe laid some of the original ones down for the sheer fun of it and then moved out and left some of his materials behind yeah <laughs> this guy maybe found it was stuff. just a continuation mm. and you know that was that was a thought that came to me as well as that like how convenient that these two people who like 
the stories totally kind of a little bit fit. Like maybe they knew each other. Maybe like how did he find this place? You know, like how did were they friends? Did they like? We can say that maybe they they were both. Is the minority association is that yeah. the name of it? Maybe they maybe were they were involved. both in it, and yeah. Joe started it and created the mm-hmm. template, and then somebody else picked it up. Whether yeah. it was Sevy or somebody else, you know, if he creates a template, then you just start following the template, and if you follow a template after enough time, you don't need the template, template anymore. Mm-hmm. You can do it freehand after years of doing this kind of thing, and then when they start doing the little the little side tiles or the manifesto, you just automatically carve in that manner because I'm holding this. Let's just say it's a box knife because mm-hmm. that's what I would carve linoleum with. Okay, yeah. it's a box knife. I hold the box knife and I cut this way every time, mm-hmm. and then just bing bang boom, it just you just automatically just muscle memory yeah. kicks mm-hmm. in. Yeah. yeah. So I guess for me, I have this picture and I've always had this picture of this person who feels like they've discovered the answer to eternal human life. Right. And whether that's a legitimate discovery or not, but, I mean, but the rest mm-hmm. of us are just too dumb to catch on. Totally. Yeah. And it's again, it goes back to that Which feeling. Would be frustrating. It's kind of just this overarching feeling of like frustration with this case, either on any side of it, even if it's the person of the Tyler, right? I feel that there's this like feeling of frustration because one of the side tiles says, kill all journalists, I beg you. And there's a fairly well-documented history of somebody kind of in the early 80s trying to reach out to journalists to give this idea to them, to the media, to the main mm-hmm. media at large. The mainstream media. So I, I get this image of this person who, for whatever reason, has is really uncomfortable with the idea of death. Like, more uncomfortable than the normal human being, right? Uh, and I'm they, pretty uncomfortable with it. I, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Some people are. Some people aren't. And you get this idea in your head. And you think, oh, my God, I figured it out. I know, like, obviously, Kubrick was trying to tell us this. Toynbee was trying to tell us this. The answer to this is we just resurrect the dead. Like, this is something that people have known about. You know, conspiracy theorists get these things in their head. They think... It's a moment of clarity. People have known this forever, but it's being kept from the general population for whatever reason. And maybe it didn't start out that way. Maybe it starts out with, oh, my God... This is what this person's trying to tell us. And you reach out to the media and you say, hey, this is what this person's trying to tell us. And the media says, okay, you're a crackpot. Mm-hmm. And you face this ridicule and this like taunting. And since you're maybe a little crazy already, it starts to cycle on itself. You reach out and you say, hey, this idea. And they say, <laughs> that idea. And you say, oh, they hate me. Oh, and you vilify them. You well, hate I, them I, don't more. Even, I don't even think that saying that they're crazy or imbalanced, but if you're constantly being rejected, it's rejection is yeah. what it is. You're being rejected on this idea that will push you to either stop or go to greater and greater extremes to get your message. Well, across. I think you become mm. reactive yeah. and you but vilify the people the who perfect are answer. But he didn't. saying no to you. So you, you come up with this other method. And your other method happens to be these tiles. Mm. And you start laying these tiles over and over again because you feel like this is the only way you can get out. And then suddenly, because you're, you don't, you're so reactive and so closeted, people start coming to you and saying, hey, we think you're doing this. And you go, no, no, of co- uh, no I'm not doing that. Stay away from me because if I tell you I'm doing that, you're going to make fun of me. Well, plus and... it's kind of illegal. You could be fined. Oh, sure. Yeah. But, you know, I think that... 
there are some people who have approached him in this very, really honest way. Mm-hmm. And he, who, and if it's that person or not, it doesn't matter. But to like react that strongly of no reaction, you know, like a, just a complete like shutdown. Just shoves him back. And never answers the door, pushes you away. Yeah, yeah I can see and that. And to have not done anything for the last, what, 15 years at this point, right? It was 2002 was the last 10, really 10, 12 years. Yeah. And so, that, that could be all of the attention. It could be that the person that's really doing it has died. Yeah. It could be if we're, if we're going to run down it, Sevy, it might mm-hmm. be that he's so afraid to do it anymore, or maybe he's disillusioned mm-hmm. because of the copycat. I mean, again, there is a thousand. It's like uh, you know, it's a, there's so roots many roots on a plant. You can go a million yeah. different directions. It's totally. all speculation, but uh, so. But the thing about it is, is like you know, if he's got some sort of message for the world about about uh, his ideas for resurrecting the dead, mm-hmm. then he could have picked a better format than you know, vinyl on the street because I mean, and and and, and unintelligible messages. I mean, if he really has something to tell us about this, then he could write a book. You know, he could write letters to the editor well, and write so, something that's coherent uh, oh, wait, and that wait, actually wait, wait, makes wait, wait. a certain I, I amount of I can't believe I'm going to do this, but I'm going to step up and, yeah. and defend Sevy a little bit on this. Okay. Or well, whoever. Whoever it is. Well, maybe he's I just can't, I can't write a book because nobody will publish it and I don't have mm-hmm. the money to self-publish. Yeah. Uh, I can write letters to the editor till I'm blue in the face. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that they're going to publish them well, because and, they, you know they get a gazillion every day. Okay, but and, and let's go a step them. further from that, right? Okay, so if we're going to go with the David Mamet play connection mm-hmm. a little bit, right? Because it is a little uncanny. You start to read it really is the David Mamet stuff and read everything you can about the Toynbee tiles, and it's like some of it is like phrase for phrase. Okay. So David Mamet said, oh, no, there was no caller. This, like, totally came up. I think, actually, these tiles are a reference to my play. But very early, like, right after he published the play, he said, yeah, I heard an interview on Larry King Live at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning, and uh, that's where I got this idea. So, okay, so Sevy or whoever it is, right, calls Larry King Live and gets this phone interview, and then there's, like, nothing done about it. So he, like, writes to some dude at the Inquirer, and there's, like, a little, like, super skeptical kind of making fun of him thing. And he, like, writes other letters to the editor. People are just, like, saying, no, 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 dismiss, no. Dismiss, dismiss, dismiss. Dismiss, dismiss, So he does these paste for, or the, the wheat paste stuff, right? Mm. But that's coming down. That's not permanent enough for him. Well, what, what else can I do? Oh, well, I'll put these tiles in. It's more permanent. Mm-hmm. It's a, a way that he knows how to get his message across a little bit, and it probably to the person who writes that makes total sense. Let's let's be totally honest here. Mm-hmm. I I agree with that. Whoever's a, writing this message, nuts. those four lines that makes total are sense. Yeah, to you, not to the rest of us. But, but they don't. Have you that. considered another possibility, which is that the guy wasn't insane; he just really hated pedestrians. And <laughs> a really great way to get get people run over because they're gonna stop and yeah. look at this and scratch their head and not even notice that bus coming towards so them. So the yeah. the old ones, the old style ones, are like there was one in the entrance to like a turnpike. Um, Holland Tunnel. tunnel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Holland Tunnel. The Holland Tunnel. And then, like, another one in the middle of a, free- a different freeway. And they're, like, in the middle of streets and stuff like that. They're not just on pedestrian And ways. the new style yeah. ones are 
almost 100% geared towards pedestrians. They're in the middle of the street, but they're like turned so that a pedestrian on the sidewalk could see it. Mm-hmm. Instead of being geared towards like the, the traffic going down the street, they're turned horizontally so that the pedestrians can read it from the sidewalk or they're in the middle of a crosswalk mm-hmm. or they're on a sidewalk. And one, one, um, one of the things that mystifies me about the one over on Hawthorne is they picked probably one of the most, the one of the least pedestrian intensive mm-hmm. stretches of the street. Yeah, there's yeah. one on MLK on like one of the least pedestrian intense spaces too. And that's the other kind of question mark about this is that like, okay, so you're doing these tiles in the middle of a freeway. Like who the hell's going to see that? Like you might drive over it and be like, oh, there was something there. But you can't read those four lines while driving over it, you know? And it's not geared towards that. It's not written the opposite, the way that they do signs, like, you know, in the middle of the Could street. Could have been an accident. Could have dropped it that was by a, accident. That was a couple of accidents, though. Don't you think? <laughs> okay, so let's let's run with the guy's got a hole in the floorboard of his car, and he's got a stack of these things prepped. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he takes a corner a little too fast. And he's driving down the, the road, <laughs> and he, he runs over a raccoon, and the car goes, fum, fum, and the top one off the stack slides off, and there's no way he's going to stop to grab it. Oh, that one's done. It's gone. Oh, yeah. well. I I would just say that it that happened to be a very lucky landing because it looks really intentional. Yeah. And it's yeah, not I'm, like I'm, no, I'm, yeah. in a weird little... Who knows? It is a lucky landing. And, and odds, <laughs> odds, odds are, of course, that it would about 50-50 that would have landed upside down and yeah. it would have been reverse lettering. I so, feel like we're missing something obvious here. Uh, yeah. Very. Don't, I mean, don't you? Don't Right now, I just feel like the answer is like literally on the tip of my brain. I feel like I'm missing all of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think a really. More. I mean, I, st- I still don't understand what this is about. Yeah, uh, this a couple Kubrick more beers, a little more scotch. This yeah. whole thing is just goofy. Yeah. So not to it's not to sound like I'm dismissing it or being a jerk. I just it, in my head it's goofy. It's I don't just get there. it. And this is you know this is one there have not been any listener suggestions for it, but it has been like literally since we started talking about doing this show, you know, years ago. This has been one that I've been thinking, well, I got to do that. (laughs) And I was just saying to Steve, like literally an hour before we recorded, I was like, I'm not ready. Uh (laughs) I can't do it. Um, And I think that's just kind of how it's always going to be. With this Um, story, yeah. With this story. So I I guess um, if you want to check out the pictures of the tiles uh, or any of the links, uh, we'll link the documentary that we've been talking about oh, yeah. online. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can find all that stuff at our website, which is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. If you come up with a really brilliant theory of some kind, please email us. Like, seriously, please email us. Um, it's thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. And, and by the way, if, if you are the tiler, would you just as a as a little bread's desk do do some of those tiles, a whole bunch of them with thinking sideways, and put them on the streets? We'd really appreciate it. Would you? That would be great. That'd be an be awesome, awesome marketing yeah. campaign. Awesome. Uh, you can also you can always leave us a comment on our website if you're listening there. Um, a lot of people are are trying to get in touch with us with us that way. We try to get back to you, you know, in a fairly timely manner. Um, if you're not listening on our website, you're probably listening on iTunes. Uh, if you are, leave us a comment and a rating so that other people can listen to us and find us. Find us on Facebook. You can stream us on Stitcher if you forget to download us um, on any mobile-ready device. 
Yeah. So I guess my yeah. <laughs> Did it? I think so. Okay. That's I'm... I think that's my feeling, right? Like I can't verbalize it any better than that. But All right. Great. So yeah. I'm tired of this story anyway. Oh. Uh, yeah. Dry. No. Yeah. This it just doesn't so deserve wrong. it. You're right. You think it's it so might be sorry. David? Sorry, you, Tyler. You think it's David Mabbitt? Oh. Yeah. That would be a hell of a publicity stunt. Mm. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.